This program is intended for mature audiences only. Altitude adjustment may contain language, images, or other content that some may find offensive. Your discretion is advised. Welcome to Altitude Adjustment. Well, good afternoon. I'm Leon Davis. It is Saturday, um, 2 p.m. Saturday, Central Time, April the 10th. Uh, our guest today, uh, I was not able to reach them, so we're going to carry on as as if uh, we had this show planned. So just think of everything that we do today as something we intended to do, and we're really good at our jobs. Uh, I actually, it's not a job to me anymore. I just, it's a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying it. You guys are enjoying it too? It's not a job. It's an adventure. It is an adventure. (laughs) (laughs) It's an adventure and conspiracies, right? You know, and I I keep, and and we, and we talked about this off the air. I've been, uh, so Warren is, is, I call him my conspiracy theorist friend. Um, and he he's always putting a bug in my ear about what the latest conspiracy that he ran across. And I keep trying to get him to have a, a pod. We're going to do a show about conspiracy theories and he never wants to do it. And so and so I accused oh, him today. I, I, we could do a show on conspiracy theories. Yeah. But every time I say we, let's do a show on conspiracy theories, you go. Um, yeah, that that that's gonna be that's gonna be a really long show. I mean, there's a whole bunch of them, and and yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's just do it then. We'll just put one on the schedule and we'll do it. Because I was l- listening earlier on the radio, uh, they were talking about this Q thing. I'm like, man, this shit is deep, man. <laughs> <laughs> See what I mean? See, he's he's, he's baiting me. You, I mean, you could talk about it all day, man. Well, of course. Crazy. Just I, one of them. <laughs> I agree. But but now that now we think about it, the conspiracy theories aren't even any more crazy than the reality that we're dealing with right now. Think about it. I couldn't agree more. Think about it. <laughs> well, yeah. when the people in power don't want you to think about what they're really doing, they say, oh, they, they're just found conspiracy theories. And it was conspiracy theories that led up to what we had witnessed in our country on January the 6th. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That, that was all conspiracy theories. And but conspiracy the theories before that. Mm-hmm. Right, you had it before that, but I'm just saying. It led to Donald you know, Trump. QAnon, QAnon the, the main conspiracy theory, Donald Trump been spawning conspiracies ever since he decided to run for president back in 2016. He's been spawning conspiracies. Because he started the conspiracy in 2015. The yeah. theory the theory in 2015, even before he decided to run. Well, oh, just remember, theory? if I lose, you know they cheated me if, if, if I lose. No, the Obama. So Except anything. The Obama is a uh, uh, Obama's not a, um, uh, Obama an American. Is not an American. Right. That was I his original. His birth right. Yeah. Then Obama showed his birth certificate. It shut him up for a minute, but he right. kept spouting the same thing. And that just goes to show that Donald Trump didn't know American law. If you were born anywhere in the world, and one of your parents 
was an American citizen at the time of your birth, you are automatically an American citizen. I don't okay. think, yeah, I don't think Donald Trump started that because he was, because he didn't, did or did not know immigration law. It was an attempt to be Donald Trump. He did not care yeah. if, if Obama was a Muslim. He didn't care if he was an American. He didn't care if he was Christian. He did not want Obama to be, um, you know, a, a part of the political process here in the, in the United States. He did everything he could to try to right. erase his legacy. And it, did, and it doesn't happen. And they say that's one of the things that drive Donald Trump absolutely bananas because he tried everything to erase Obama from the landscape and he hasn't. And I yeah, love well, it. What about, what about the other thing? Uh, he's a Muslim. So what if he was a Muslim? What, what, what would that change? Well, you got to understand Legally, that, side, that side of the political aisle their one of their tactics is to scare people. Is mm -hmm. to scare people. Muslims scare everybody on that side of the political aisle. I sure think it's more than just they, being they fear, though. That's what that was. I think it was more than just uh -huh. fear. They want to create a Christian nation, and you can't if if Muslims are allowed to hold office and Muslim views are allowed to be. Um, on an equal footing as Christianity, then you can't create a Christian nation. So you have to put down all those yeah. things. Yeah, that's a bunch of crap, though, because, you know, what is what is a Christian nation and how does that look? Because, you know, if it ever was a Christian nation, uh, it was probably looking pretty effed up then. <laughs> so what, what does that mean? <laughs> well, you have to understand what it means by a Christian nation it wasn't just because you say you're Christian doesn't mean you're Christian. Right. It does not mean that. Uh, like what they did with the indigenous peoples here. They came in, mm -hmm. they started taking their land. And then when the, then they set up their little kangaroo course and they told the indigenous people, oh, you can't use these courts to get your land back because you're not Christian. Now, <laughs> What does that do to people? Now, when you go out and say, let me introduce you to my friend Jesus, does that make them more likely to, to deal with you or less likely to deal with you? And what the people forget is in the beginning in this country, we had freedom of religion practice as well as freedom not to practice any religion. There's no state certified religion so you could be any practice you want well but everybody didn't even have that freedom look at the slaves you know what the slaves got slave bible right. they have they gave them a special bible mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so sure. tell well, me about the christian nation <laughs> one of the things that i was taught <clears throat> is that when those quote-unquote christian societies wanted to invade a um, foreign nation, they sent in missionaries first. 
to yeah, teach absolutely. their religion. And then they moved in with the military because they've softened mm -hmm. up the, the they've softened up the um, the community or the, the state with their beliefs, their belief system. So the idea behind mm -hmm. all of that was to build a community that uh, that they were comfortable with and and take and rob and pillage the um, right. indigenous uh, and then convert them to their way of thinking. Their God, their beauty, their standards. I'm sorry, go yeah. ahead. Destroy their language and make them speak yeah. their language. But see, you know, the, the smart thing about it, if fighting against those systems here is, you put all this stuff in writing. And so when the fights came, you attacked them with their own laws. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Constitution and a lot of the federal civil rights legislation that passed, it was already written in constitution and written down in law. So now that's why you're having all of these Republican entities try to put their stuff in law. And that's why, one of the reasons why during Donald Trump's turn, they tried to put all these conservative judges on the federal judiciary. Mm -hmm. So sure. when it comes through the courts, it won't go anywhere either. They won't mm -hmm. look at the law. They'll judge based upon their political thought processes. Mm -hmm. Right. Sure. Isn't that called court stacking when they do that? Well, yeah, they court the court stacking. Court in their favor. Right. The court stacking is 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 designed for that. But but it's an mm -hmm. it's it's only part of a strategy. It's not just the strategy itself. So yeah. by by delegitimizing alternative ideas and options they're mm -hmm. attempting to leave only their options in place and uh, part of the discussion that we was having with before is um you know before we went on, on the air that the one that you were asking about was they're not legislating they're not coming up with solutions they're not doing anything they're not they didn't come up with any solutions on um infrastructure they didn't come up with any solutions on health care they didn't they're blocking anything that does not conform to what they want so they want to they want to they want to to stop any growth for any issues that are not theirs and then once they've stopped growth for any issues that aren't their issues that's when they'll start to legislate because then it only leaves that option so they're challenging voting because they want it to be they want to eliminate the opposition the ability for people to come in and use the political system to try to make the system fairer for everybody they don't right, want it fair right. for everybody go ahead i'm sorry I, I, let me let you talk no they, they i agree with what you're saying they they only want people certain people to vote now they're going around talking about what's what a good voter is, you know, mm -hmm. everybody shouldn't vote. They, they're saying stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just coming out of their mouths. Everybody shouldn't be able to vote, you know? Okay, we get it. So if if they don't agree with you politically, we're going to try to block them out. You know, we're going to put restrictions on them and make it more difficult, you know? And mm -hmm. that's what they're doing now mm -hmm. in all these different states. Right. And so... Because they lost the big election. 
I don't think it was, I, don't, I think they would have done it had they won the election. So like the gerrymandering, uh, gerrymandering is not about um, it's not about what has happened in the past. Gerrymandering mm-hmm. is about what they can do in the future. Exactly. So they're try- doing the best that they can to try to, uh, like a weed, take over the yard. And that, mm-hmm. then that only leaves them as an option to um, legislate. So they want to, they want to stop anything that is not of their liking. And then um, not allow you the voice to, to protest. They're not, they're not basing what they're doing on logic and reason. It's on results. So like Leonard was saying, you know, they've, um, they put things into law um, and, and if they put it into law and you challenge the law, they're going to do what Mitch McConnell has done. They're going to then ignore the law because you have now found a way to hold them accountable for their behavior. And you can stop, put a stop to their behavior if, if you make them conform to the laws, even that the laws that they passed. So, um, if they're not going to at least follow the laws that they passed, you there is no way to hold them accountable. There is no way that they're going to, that you can adjust or attempt to curtail, curtail their behavior. So if if you if you speak against them, then you're a conspiracy theorist, or you're a cancel. You're, you're using cancel culture to cancel us. If mm-hmm. you try to hold them to their own word, then they change their word. Lindsey Graham, I will quit. Uh, what, what was it? I will. Um, if if a Supreme Court justice comes available in the last term of the presidency, I will not vote for it. He changed. He he didn't yeah. even he, he he didn't even <laughs> pretend that he was going to stick to his word. So their 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 promises, their um, their word, their their behavior is all written in oatmeal. In business, we talk about contracts being written in oatmeal. That simply means they don't. They're not. They have no intention of enforcing it. It's not. Right. It's not something that they're going to hold themselves to. They're mm-hmm. only going to say that to get people to support them. And then they will modify that as needed to be to get what they want. Sure. Perfect example is all this stuff with the health care. We're going to appeal Obamacare and replace it. Appeal and replace. But they never produced a plan to replace it with. Mm -hmm. So they just wanted to repeal it and leave it. And even in states where they run, such as Missouri, uh, they wanted to, they wouldn't, even though the voters voted for it, they wouldn't expand Medicaid for it in a lot of, in a lot of these states. And it was with federal money. It wasn't state money mm-hmm. that the expansions came because, 
you know, under Obama, they were trying to get everybody to have health care. They were trying to get everybody to have health care. And these conservatives didn't want that. But they're the first ones that got up and talked about death panels. Remember Sarah Palin, when uh, she was running with John McCain, was talking about death panels. Only one that's doing death panels are the conservatives, because they're keeping people out of medical care. And they're trying to take 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 medical care down. So, you yeah. know, you, one of the things that you brought up, and we, um, was that they passed. Uh, so there was, I think, there was a vote uh, whether Mer- Missouri should expand Medicaid, should take, for, you know, so that um, Missourians passed that that law and said, you know, we want Medicare expansion. And the Republican legislature in Missouri still has not implemented that expansion. They're not going to um, because it is not what they want to do, regardless of what the electorate or the, the people want them to do. And they'll say all of these pretty things. They'll say all of these pretty words um, with family values and um, respect of the law, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But when it comes down to it, they're not, they're not, they're not going to hold themselves accountable. They're not going to hold themselves to a higher standard. It's just not going to happen. They've shown us over and over and over that they're not going to be held accountable because they are trying to accomplish something that they want to accomplish and it does not allow them if they are if they have to be held to their word it's not going to happen well when it comes to the whole medical medical care situation there has got to be a lot of money in the system because every time you look at a commercial I mean, it must be at least a third uh, or more of the commercials are about health care. And a lot of it is Medicare. And so the money is going into the system because these guys are spending ad money on it, ad advertising. But who's benefiting? I mean, there's still the same number of not more people without insurance. So where is the money going? That's the question I ask, you know. So Leonard, yesterday, I'm sorry, go ahead. I pay money for my insurance, you know, which is actually government sponsored. So I'm pretty good and I'm grateful. But all these people that can't afford their insurance, where, how did they get blocked out if there's all this extra money? Well, look at those ads that you see about all these Medicare Advantage plans and Medicare supplements run by private insurance people. Exactly. Okay, that's where all that money's going. Uh, the insurance industry executives are some of the highest paid executives in the country. Uh, they are, the, the, you know, the CEO, you're talking about CEO pay compared to average worker pay, the, the bonuses that they get. Oh, it's ridiculous. Uh, and that's why... You never could, I believe, you never could have a system that depended on the private industry to take care of everybody because they're in that profit thing. I just say for the people, 
that want to get the private market that can afford it, go for it. We needed to have a good public option for the people that can't afford it. Or the people that even want it. Like, I would be happy to pay what I paid in the private market to go get some to go get a good public option. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have you, you have now. choice, huh? I guess that's not available to you now. It's not, it's not available. I mean, mm-hmm. like like Leon was just saying, the uh, the states and it's mostly Republican governors that refuse to expand Medicaid option, even right. on the federal dime. And you still, you know, you still got the Medicare, but they 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 just refuse it because, not because it made any sense, because it doesn't. Financially, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense medically speaking, but because I'm Republican, and this is the way we think, this is the way we vote, and this is what we're going to do. And 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 it does it doesn't make sense, and it doesn't care, you know. So, so here's here's the here's my thought on the the public option aspect of it. <clears throat> um, if they allow even a test market for public option, so so Medicaid Medicaid um, covers some portion of the un, of people who can't purchase uh, private insurance. Okay. Um, and that program is, mm, I, I wouldn't say, uh, I, I don't know the statistics on it. The concern, I think, is if it's successful, why they, why they don't want to, they don't want to expand it. If it's successful, it becomes a competitor to um, private insurance. And private insurance has a huge um, budget for campaign mm-hmm. finance. Lobbying. Lobbying and campaign yeah. finance. So if the public option then proves to be a viable and competes against the private option, it's quite possible that that the public moves towards that and then the insurance companies... Can, so we have a we have a U.S. Postal Service, and mm-hmm. that's government run. And we have private um, carriers that do mm-hmm. well. And mm-hmm. what the insurance company is afraid of is that that model shows up in the insurance market. Because right now they divide the country up amongst themselves. They eat up any small company that uh, is in a market that they're not in or that their buddy is not in. And then they eat those companies up. And then you in a particular market, you have four or five um, insurance companies vying for their services. And then with four or five companies, everybody's going to be close in range in prices because there's no incentive to go lower because there's not a lot of competition. 
So that's why mm. I think the public option is being fought against so particularly hard. Now, I'm, I'm not in a boardroom. Don't know. I well, don't know. I think... Go ahead, Warren. You look at it, you look at it now mm-hmm. with the current president in, and it was a news show I was watching on NBC News where they said that Joe Biden is not really a progressive but the progressive wing of his party is pushing him. And they show what was going on in the election cycle when they were both running for the nomination and how much Joe Biden sounds like Bernie Sanders now. And they said, you just watch and wait because Joe Biden was real big about not having Medicare for all. Bernie's been pushing that for a few years. Just give everybody Mm -hmm. Medicare for all. For the people that can afford to pay, let them pay their insurance premiums that they was putting on the private market in the Medicare. That'll give Medicare a fresh new source of revenue to deal with. And so, so you know, basically, Bernie is pushing the current guy, as Joe Biden would say, into more progressive things like, you know, this, this, uh, this first big piece of legislation he got for COVID, this infrastructure he's pushing on, and Joe Biden's reading all the tea leaf. American people want it. And he's running Mitch McConnell crazy because more than half their voters want this stuff. They're tired of driving on dilapidated streets and bridges crumbling and all that. Hmm. So they're getting they're getting tired of it too. All righty, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come right back. All right. Coming next Friday, our guest will be Angelica Robles, an investigator and interrogator for the United States government while working with various government agencies. She's a mother, an author, and a speaker. She will discuss her successes and failures and share stories from her soon-to-be-released autobiography, Through These Brown Eyes. You can catch it all live on Altitude Adjustment Friday, April the 16th at 2 p.m. Central. Experience Altitude Adjustment, a weekly podcast about people, politics, and professions. It's built around user interaction, so join the conversation by visiting the lionsdenstl.wixsite.com forward slash home. All righty. So um, you were you you had mentioned um, progressive politics, and um, so in in my head, the question is, what makes if you do anything. That is not that you haven't been doing before. It's progressive. So when did that become a bad word? Since the conservatives mm-hmm. made it a bad word, they wanted to divide and they wanted to conquer. <clears throat> I remember when Obama first got elected and there were Democrats and Republicans that were friends for 20 or 30 years on the hill. 
And the Democrats was always talking about these Republicans go, well, we can't work with you anymore. We won't work with you anymore. So the options of we have a divide, let's sit down, let's compromise, let's get this done for the people was over. It was over. Yeah. And that's what we have. But progress is progress is necessary for growth. If you if you continue to do the same thing, you'll get the same results. So so if we want a society that doesn't grow, we just keep doing what we're doing before. If we make growth a bad word, then we condemn ourselves to the actions that we've done before that may not, didn't work for everyone. In an attempt to find solutions that worked for everyone, you have to progress. You have to step outside your comfort zone. You have to go places that you didn't necessarily go before. And then you can always um, realize that, that that direction didn't solve the problem as you thought. And, and, but you've learned something that will help you make the society better. But, but what we've reached is any attempts at making the society better for everyone is vilified. And so that only the people who benefited before continue to benefit. Well, you know, the people, the conservatives were, they, they basically feel that they're the majority or they, they should be the majority and they don't want to give to the changes that have come throughout society in the past few generations and how they make progressives uh, seem bad or the word progressive, a bad word is they tie it to other labels like socialism and things like that. And so that's how, that's how we become bad when they attach us to other things that, that people just don't want to deal with, you know, and, and, a lot. and the people don't understand, like you said, you got to grow. You got to change over some years. Uh, we're not the same country as when Ronald Reagan was president as what we are now. Like Joe Biden, remember a Senate where when you hear di diametrically opposed ideas, you met at a conference, both a compromise was not a dirty word. Both sides had to give up something to get a lot of what they want, half of what they want. But the nation, people had pride in the nation benefiting and prospering more than just individual pockets. And now we've gotten to the point where we just want our individual pockets to benefit more. It's party over country instead of country over party. So one of the things that you brought up, which I, I think is interesting and I hadn't thought about in a while, there, there once was a time when pri pride in being an American um, was thought to be 
that we're all one big happy family. Now, we know that the one big happy family was all white people. But, but if, you, if you look at where we are today, when you say pride in America, it is easily identifiable who the America they're talking about. See, before it wasn't. It was assumed. Now it is just literally out there. There, there's no, there's no pretense. There's no nuance. There's no maybe what it means. There's no, we kind of mean you. We know now what pride in America means. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Uh. Go ahead. I guess it's just like the difference from seeing burlesque shows and watching rated X movies. Burlesque shows, they took away something, but they hid it with something else coming. They got you hot, thinking, oh, what's behind that? I want to see what's behind all those fans. Now, you go to Triple X movie, they don't even they don't even put put forth the fans anymore. Some of them don't even have no pretense of romance. They just get down to the nitty gritty. <laughs> sure. So so um my concern is that so we've 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 run down this rabbit hole. Now we're down it now. We we have people in Congress actively um, blocking growth for the country as a whole. We know who they are. There's no behind the scenes. There's no there's no pasties and and fans and feathers. They're just naked willing to shut down the government, lie, cheat, steal, um, to, to get it done. And, and I, I don't, I don't, so, so where do we, how, how do we get from here to where we need to be? Because they're, they're not going to, they're not going to accept change. They somehow got there. They got voted into office. They got voted into office. Mitch McConnell got reelected recently. He's going to probably die in office. They're going to, like Leonard said, they're going to prop him up for his last speech. <laughs> That's the key is who they vote in office. The people of Kentucky knew what they were getting, but they voted Mitch McConnell. The people of San Francisco knew they was voting Diane Feinstein, 88-year-old self in office, but they they voted back. And she's there, and she just in a way, she won't do anything. She stops a lot of what we call progressive stuff. But as long as the people vote her in office, what can you do? Just like Strom Thurmond stayed in office, he was 100 years old, and 
you can see where people was having to carry him one person on each arm and propping him up when he was making speeches to the Senate. But the voters kept voting him in office. And you know, and all the voters say, oh yeah, that's my guy. My guy is not the problem, but it's everybody else's guy or girl who's the problem. Mm-hmm. You know? And so, as long as the people keep voting them in the office, this is what you're going to get. And and I and I, nobody, no one can argue. Nobody can logically, reasonably argue against that. It's that cognitive distance. It's that seeing that your person is hated and disliked and doesn't work well with others. Uh, Ted Cruz, prime example. And I I don't want to make um, I don't want to pick conservatives only, um, but those are the ones that stand out in my mind. Um, and and Ted Cruz is hated, and and you know people uh, that he worked with don't like to work with him. Matt Gates, because um, we're going to talk about Matt in a moment, but you know Matt Gates, um, when this when this uh, uh, scandal came up. Um, people knew that they didn't that that he, Matt Gates was not a, a well liked person, but yet these people wind up in office, and so yeah. then the question becomes, why, when you want the the your society to be better, would you vote for someone that is actively not making your society better? You gotta don't care. Right. You gotta be willing to vote out your person. Like the surprise for me for this last election cycle was when Lacey Clay lost to Corey Bush. Mm -hmm. I never thought that would happen. But when you wake up the next morning found Corey Bush won the election, and I was like, Wow. Mm -hmm. I was like, Wow. That was because of young progressive voters, progressive voters ready for change. That's what happened. But his district is an older district, isn't it? Between Lacey Clay and his father, them two held that seat, that congressional seat for 32 years. Mm -hmm. And it, it was just amazing. So in some areas of the country, we got people that are saying, okay, it's time for you to go. You're doing nothing. Then we got people that have put the old thing back in. Uh, at, and this is Mitch McConnell. Or in Texas, Cornyn and Cruz. Mm-hmm. In Florida, we got Gates. Uh, it's just, you know, that's the way it is when you get to vote. But it's up to them people who they want to choose the, to represent them. So let me ask the question. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not going to preface it with my, my viewpoint. I'm going to ask your viewpoint. Politicians lie in ads consistently. How do we hold them to the truth. Is there a way for us to hold them to the truth? 
And is that important? The way, the way we hold them to the truth is the ballot box. If we don't use No, them, I mean in their ads. Is that important? Well, let me ask this question then first. Is it important that they tell the truth in their political ads? Yes, absolutely important. But, you know, how just because they say they're going to do something doesn't mean that they will do it. So, so now, and I'm think... thinking, I'm thinking like um, Donald Trump is going to run for president again and he's going to swear up and down the election was stolen, that the last election was stolen. Make sure you get out to the polls. Make sure you vote, take pictures, do whatever you have to to prove um, that this election is good. But he gets to say in that ad, the election was stolen from me. And there's absolutely zero proof that that's the case. How do we hold um, elected officials to the truth in political ads. Using the example you just given, there is quite a few cases coming up against Donald Trump. You got to get his monkey butt in front of a judge on oath. See, if you let him, he's going to say what he want to say with Fox News and all the press and call everybody fake news with Fox and all that. You get his monkey butt in a court of law, and you got to get him under oath talking. See, that's why Fox was fighting all these cases, and they're going to fight these cases from Dominion because they're going to get – Dominion is, is aiming to get them under oath and, and say, all right, now say what you said. So I, see, I guess I'm talking about the political ad. So – when a candidate is running for office and they put out political ads and they put out political ads that are that the um, information in the ad is verifiably false or is so borderline that it can be false. How do we do we first ensure that that's not the case, that they can't um, lie, just blatantly lie? And how do we then implement the solution to that? The only way to implement that, to hold them accountable, is through the voting box. Okay, through so you, so what you're saying, as far as the political ads go, they can say anything and do anything in the political ad that they want to do. Unless you have a law that's against them telling things that are not truth in the political ads, Absence of a law, it's up to the voters to hold them accountable. We we got to do it at the ballot box. And see, and that's why you're seeing all this stuff going on with the vote. Your vote is powerful. And if the vote wasn't powerful, they wouldn't be trying to take it from you and steal it and say, oh, yeah, we call it falsely election security when there was no insecurity on the election. You you hold politicians by accountable by voting. Like I'm not a one who believes in term limits. Term limit is a voter's box. When you see that politician is not effective <clears throat> in 
and representing your interests, you vote them out. You vote them out. So, so you don't. Okay. So my take on this is, um, if we believe that truth and justice is important in our society, that we don't allow someone to blatantly lie. We have we have um, um, laws against um, you know you saying something. Li- li- we have libel laws where you are liable for anything that you says that der- that derogatorily hurts someone else. Mm-hmm. So that means we as a society do at some point believe that the truth is important. If we believe that the truth is important then we should consistently apply that to everything that we do in society, including political ads. So a politician should not be allowed or should be held accountable for any information that they place in an ad that is even borderline incorrect. And so we, then the, the question for me becomes, how do we do that? We have a means for holding them accountable. We as a society just refuse to use them. And what means is that? The the, the voters box. Okay, See, so right now, you're, you're missing the point that I'm right trying now, to make. Okay. What you're saying is, let them run the ad, let them tell the lie, and then we vote. we don't vote for them. What I'm saying is, we don't let them tell the lie. Right, right. It sounds like to me you're, you're speaking in a matter of uh, a way of fact checking and stopping the ads once once they're discovered to be uh, or even maybe before they're published. Somebody has to say, hey, this is a lie. We, we're not going to print that. We're not going to air that. Uh, the issue is uh, who's going to pay for that? Should the advertiser be responsible? Should the politician? I mean, to fact check yourself, I mean, you can't rely on them to do that. So who's going to pay the cost, I guess, is the main question. But I understand your point. We do. We as the society create create a clearinghouse for ads. Mm -hmm. They have to pass that muster. And And it's interesting because... We need these institutions that are the gatekeepers of fact and truth, but we don't want to support the institutions of fact and truth. The CDC, people want to, the Republicans wanted to get rid of the CDC. They wanted to get rid of the FTC. They wanted to get rid of, you know, this agency, that. They wanted to get rid of every regulatory agency in the government so they can do whatever it is that they want to do. That sounds like the Republicans. So the question again is, uh, as far as uh, who foots the bill, do you think the politicians, the ones placing the ad, should contribute to that cost? Oh, yeah. I like that idea. General public or Mm -hmm. a combination? Mm -hmm. I like that idea. That's why I brought it up, so we could get out some ideas. I love that idea. I mean, if you don't have a law in place restricting that, you know, the only thing you're left with is the voters holding the politicians accountable or, you know, 
the opponents usually will because Republicans in the last 10 or 12 years is, it went basically fact checkers be damned. We're going to we're going to say what we want to say. And every Democrat hasn't always said 100 percent of things, 100 percent true. Right. So. Right. So you when you got people who are known to lie, we as my political a political science professor I had in college taught me. He said, when you talk about congressmen and senators and representatives, they have one goal, is to get elected the next time you have an election. So you think about it, representatives got to run for election every two years. So they got to they got to go in day one thinking about raising money and who they're going to help and who they're not going to help according to their area that they that they represent. Senators, they got six they got six years, excuse me. But their number one job is how do I get reelected? So how do I get So I understand that. Um but so so I'm, we have one comment we, two comments and I think they're very important. Censorship one oh one, I disagree with it being censorship, but I'll I'll discuss that in a minute. And then we need an educated electorate, which is basically what we've been trying to say over the past 49 minutes. Yeah, absolutely. We need an educated electorate. But uh, I, I don't know what the censorship issue is, but uh, allowing people to just lie to fool the public, I don't think that's uh, kosher at all. I think they, they do need to be muzzled if they're just telling outright lies. Right. There's consequences. And, yeah, keeping keeping lies off the air is not censorship. Yeah. Keeping lies off the air is it, not censorship. I would I would agree with that. I, I think that's a that's an interesting take on it. Keeping a lie off the airwaves isn't censor, is, you're not censoring anything. The truth, if you censor if you censor something, it has to be the truth. Then it's censorship. But but I like that idea uh, uh, of making you know them pay to be a you know if if does that raise then raise the the stakes as far as money that needs to be um, you know the candidates have to raise to um, run for office and and that's another uh, discussion we we do yeah. have to get to that you know we do. Eventually, we will get to that discussion, but um, but but one of the things that I think was important is that you know what do we stand for? Because you you hear politicians talk about it all the time. That's un-American. It's not what we stand for as American. Um, and then I'm looking at Fred's comment there. I'm, I'm <laughs> what did he say? Back. He's saying lying is protected speech, <laughs> and to that I say. Go to court and lie, bro. Oh yes, it's, it's not yeah. protected, is it? <laughs> you wind up in a wind up in a fed in a fed in a comfy fed bed. <laughs> yeah, you go you go to court and lie. That's I I like that. You can and most likely will go to jail for that. Mm -hmm. There's mm -hmm. certain speech that's not protected speech in this country, mm -hmm. and lying Although is we it. Do have a constitutional amendment said freedom of speech. But like I told, like I said before, with every right we get under the Constitution, we also have 
responsibilities. responsibilities. That is correct. You can't jump up in a crowded movie theater and go fire, and there's no fire. But as I was you saying, we can't have, have politicians saying thing cause people to go kill people and, and storm the the Capitol building, you know. But he's I, gotten I away with it so far. I, I don't I mean to change the subject, but he, you know. He, he's gotten away with he's it. He's gotten away with it. Yeah, well, that that that's a whole nother subject. That's a whole nother subject. I, was, as I say, I didn't mean to change the subject. Who he was at the time got him away with it. You try calling the White House switchboard and making a threat against the president's life, and see if you don't see Secret Service agents and mm-hmm. FBI agents at your door within 24 to 72 hours, saying, "Hey, we want to talk to you. If you think that that you have protected speech." You know, there's limits. You have responsibilities. You don't just get the right to float around like a butterfly, but you don't get to think about nothing. You got to think about consequences of what you're doing. So, yeah. So we as a society or you hear politicians all the time lobbying around, you know, that's un-American and um, and, and that's what that's not what we stand for. And then you go back and. All through history, all of that stuff that they're saying we that we don't do as Americans is what America was built on. So I think moving forward, we knew we do need to define what America stands for. What what are our priorities? What do we want so, uh, our society to to be uh, look like? Is truth important? If truth is important, let's make sure that we put the po- the political and legal structure in place that if you violate truth, you will pay a cost because that's the only way we can modify your behavior. Yeah, and, and as far as the politicians go, if they don't catch it at the beginning, they ought to keep records on it, hindsight, so that the public can look and see, hey, this guy's telling a lot of lies, you know? Mm-hmm. So you kind of know who you're looking at, who mm-hmm. you're voting for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I when 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 I think it was the Washington Post was keeping track of how many lies Donald Trump and he hit mm-hmm. in a four year period. He hit thirty over thirty six thousand. Thirty six thousand. Now you think of the number of waking hours in four years. That the the everything was coming out of the guy's mouth was practically a lie. And yet, and yet, people were willing to put him. Seventy something million people wanted to put him back in the presidency. Good thing we had about eighty-one million people who thought better. <clears throat> and yeah. you know that's what Joe Joe Biden kept saying. Donald Trump keep thinking about the people that voted for him. How about the total people? that voted in the election and the people that, and the votes that Joe Biden got. And now these Republicans are going to work to make sure that that doesn't happen again. And I'm not opposed to, as part of the federal laws, if they ever get it passed, uh, Mitch McConnell sitting there holding stuff up, that if if you're a member of a state legislature and you vote something like this in you lose your right to run for office again that's another story 
I think that's another. That's another story. That's another podcast. That's another story. Yeah, the that's the, another podcast. The penalties. But, but I'm I'm for that. It's sure. time that we. You was talking about making people pay, the cost for what they do. I think that's the cost that need to be paid. Well, well, both all of us uh, believe that because we had that discussion about, uh, and I know Warren hated the idea that I was using tick tickets as the, as the um, measure. But we all have to be held accountable for our behavior if it is going to change. If we don't progress, if we don't move forward, we are going to continue to lie, cheat, and steal to do what we want to do. And we have to, there has to be a threshold with which that is unacceptable. I'm looking at Fred's new comment. Uh-huh. I, 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 Can you see it, Leonard? I, I know, I know Fred's no, I not through. <laughs> okay. You want to go ahead and read it, Warren, so Leonard can know what it okay. is. He said, looks like there are exceptions to free speech, but uh, lying while, uh, while not under oath is protected speech. Okay, so <laughs> I, I get, you know, I, I get what he's trying to say. I get but, what he's trying to know, say, too. I think when it comes to the political process, we need to have some some clarity so that people can can have facts and not just BS coming out of people's mouth. I think we need to understand that, you know, I think I think we should make lying under oath and not under oath just as punishable. I think is this even if you're not under oath and you caught lying, some people are made to be punished, some aren't. There have been some people that have been caught lying and they've had to pay punishment for what for what they've done. And so, you know, you, you're trying to lump that in with a constitutional right. When they made that, they went they went they weren't meant to protect your lying. You and remember lying is you telling the tr- the untruth uh what's the word i'm looking for the untruth purposefully to gain an advantage on somebody you could tell a, 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 an untruth and not know it's a lie at the time you did it but lying you knew it was untruth and you said it to gain advantage and in a lot of places where that's not under oath you'll pay for that like lying on your taxes for instance. Well, that's kind of under oath, though, that there's a legal there's a legal framework to deal with that lying. So so someone someone's mentioning um, someone named Ryden or Y.D.O.N. I don't know yeah. who they, they say it's an up and coming politician. And so mm-hmm. just like uh, altitude cool. adjustment, when they when they reach the level that we can see them, <laughs> then we'll deal with it. All right. So Y.D.O.N.? Yeah, so they they've launched off into something completely. Um, so they're having a flame war with each other. So hopefully, um, that doesn't <laughs> spill over into into our conversation. So we've got a minute. I'm gonna give you guys a chance to uh, make a last comment so that we can get out of here. All right. It, it, All right. Uh, next time, if we pans out to be anything, huh? Yeah. So did you did you want? 
Did you want to make a Did you want to make a comment, uh, Warren? No, I'm 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 good. All right, Leonard. Did you want to make a last comment? Even though we didn't get to Matt Gates, and that's another show, I'm sure he'll give us some more fodder. He is rounding himself up in a in a noose. And especially when it was reported this week that he tried to get Trump to give him a, 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 a pardon against any charges that might be brought against him. Why do you need a pardon if you didn't do wrong? So, yeah, he did something wrong. So he's up there trying to run his mouth to mess with the investigation so he don't get caught in anything. So my, my comment is, is that... Um... I'd like for us to to see to find a way to bridge our communication problems so that we can eliminate politicians like Lindsey Graham and Mitch McConnell from office so that we can as a society move forward progress attack it any way you feel like you want to attack it but let's do something to be better than we were before. I don't think that we are at our best and to stay in the same place to me is crazy. I wanna thank everybody for joining us this week. We will be back next Friday with Angela Robles, uh, Angelica Robles, I'm sorry. And she's, uh, uh, I've read her new autobiography and I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, have a good day. Alrighty. That concludes this episode of Altitude Adjustment. And thank you for listening. This podcast is streamed live on YouTube and Twitch.tv and is designed for listener interaction. Visit the website, thelionsdenstl.wixsite.com forward slash home to join the discussion. The audio version of Altitude Adjustment is available where you get your podcasts, including Stitcher.com, the iTunes Store, and the Google Play Music Store to name a few. Enjoy your likes, shares, and comments. So please like, share, and comment on this and other episodes of Altitude Adjustment because it matters. And as always, look out for the other guy because they may not be looking out for you.